This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Don't fake it, just bust a move. This joint is gonna get you in the mood. Yes! Okay. Mom, mom's gonna be proud of me now. Okay, because I got one of those moms that uh, it, it doesn't matter what I do in life, no matter how successful I get, it's still not enough. <laughs> it's still not enough. She's, she's got this level so high that she's like, ah, you're not there yet, Joseph. My mom's Filipino, <laughs> right. Dallas. And, and she, this is how she You're almost there, Joseph. You touched it with your fingers and then you slipped down again. <laughs> so I'm almost there. But I think today she's going to be very happy. This one's big. Jason Collins is here, and guess guess what? What's up, man? Uh, Diamond Dallas Page is in the house. This is amazing. This is more than amazing, because you, my friend, are an icon. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, and in all aspects, so aside from your work that you did for the WCW. But, I mean, didn't you do WWE as well? Well, I went there when they uh, when they bought the company. Yeah. I went there, and I was only there for about six months. Mm. But, yeah, because I took a really bad bump off the top rope doing a suplex to Bobby Holly, oh. which I was knocked out in right during that match. Like, like I, yeah, I've knocked out at least 20 guys and been knocked out at least 20 times. So, Jeez. I guess somewhere along the line, you know. <laughs> What happened is I had Bob in the corner, lit him up with some punches, and my punches looked like I ripped her head off, but most of the times I was barely hitting you. Yeah, yeah. And I threw him in the turnbuckle, and I went to come in, and he lifted up his foot to give me the boot, mm. but I was misjudging because he extended it, and my neck is so tight that when when you get jacked like that, and that just an extra three inches can spin your head, and then... He came in for the clothesline, and Bob Hardcore Holly is noted mm. for hardcore. Yeah. He's really stiff there, yeah. and he's got 20-inch biceps, and he came through with that freaking clothesline, and boom, I went down, and I misjudged it. Because normally, if I saw Bob coming with that arm, I'm going to be gone. In other words, I'm going to take my own bump. I'm getting the heck out of the way yeah, yeah, yeah. of that bump. And uh, I looked around, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm out on my feet. Like oh, man. It, it happened, It's happened enough times that I understand it that I look around for the red light, which yeah. means, are we on TV? Because if we're not on TV, I would say, Bobby, throw me to the floor. You know, I got oh, the, you would whisper that? I, I would just say, Bobby, throw me to the floor. <laughs> you knock, you knocked wow. me oh, out. Oh, and then pin me. Yeah, well, not even pin me. Just throw me to the floor so I can get the cobwebs out so I can figure out where I am in this match. Wow, you know, man. Do we have five minutes, eight minutes, 20 minutes? <laughs> you know, I don't you know. you got to cover that time. you got to cover that time, and you what? better be close to it. But I'm counting on wow. him to tell me where to go at this point. And then I look up, and I see a red light. I'm like, mm, okay, uh 
But he went up to pick me up at a suplex on Bob. You knocked me out, dude. I have no idea where I am. I just said as we're going back into a suplex. Oh. And he goes, go into the top rope. Stop me. So I, I realized oh, I'm going to suplex him off the top rope. So he starts climbing up the ropes. And I just dove on the ropes, which he came down and got a crotch shot. You know, the yeah. crowd gets a good pop. And mm-hmm. I walked over to him. And I'm still, like, you know, dazed and confused a little yeah. bit. And I went up the first rope. And then I went up the second rope. And then I put my foot, my one foot on the top rope, and I went, mm, I'm not going to do that today. This is good enough. And I grabbed him because I only care about getting Bobby flat. Yeah. Because if he don't get flat and I'm taking him, you know, eight feet in the air, right. and then he's dropping down on his back, I need to make sure I get him flat because yeah. that's how you're going to absorb the most impact. But what happened, I was so focused on him. I wasn't focused on me. And as we start to go back, when we land, I land on my shoulders and my feet jackknife. And when we hit, I thought I broke my neck. And man, when I hit it, I felt the lightning bolts down my feet and my fingers like, oh, God, you know. And I'm like in that that moan, that, oh, my God, I'm hurt. And when you're in front of 20,000 people, when you feel like you got hurt, there's yeah. a good chance you really hurt yourself. Because normally, it's, hey, it's stiff, it's tight, it's not checkers. Yeah. You know, it's like really, it's like ballet and rugby mixed together, mm-hmm. professional wrestling. And uh, what happened is I hear Bobby going, oh. I'm He's thinking, hurt too. Yeah, I'm thinking, what the heck is he, what, how can he possibly, I know I laid him flat. And he just went, dude, you all right? I went, no, let's go home, which means finish the match. Right. And end up hitting him with a diamond cutter and go to the back. And uh, he, uh, he comes up to me, and, you know, our ritual is you give each other a hug, you thank each other for the match, and and he says, uh, hey, man, he goes, sorry about that boot. He goes, I know I got you with that. I was like, hey, and it, you know, it ain't checkers, no big deal, you know? Hmm. He goes, but I know I got you with that clothesline, too, and he's rubbing his humongous bicep. <laughs> and in the indention, indention at, right at the, where the elbow Bends, Lock, yeah. locks in. He has a mark that is bright red oh, from hooking my chin. Yeah, <laughs> and doing that, he goes, "I knew I got rid of clothesline because I thought I tore my bicep." Because mm. normally he'd be used to me, you know, being gone, but he had—he really took me out, and yeah. that's what really knocked me out. He goes, "But you got me back." Yeah, I go, got you back. <laughs> How did I get you back? He goes, man, when you came off the top rope of that suplex and you jackknife, you hit me in my crotch so hard I thought my crotch was on fire. <laughs> now, he didn't use the word crotch, but this is PG. In it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you could fill in the blind yeah. there. <laughs> how, many, how many injuries did you guys, like you, suffer I had. Uh, it sounds like several just from uh, that one match. Yeah, just that low right there. Uh, that was at forty six. Yeah, forty six years what? old. Yes, uh, wow. I didn't start wrestling until I was thirty five. Wow, my career did not take off until I was forty. That was in nineteen ninety six. Amazing. You know, in between that period, I had a bunch of injuries. I had two shoulder rotator cuff tears, which when you tear your rotator cuff, your arm don't come up. Right. Like you can't, you can try to lift it and move it all the way around. If it don't move, then you got to go in and clean it up. You know, and it's like eight or nine months to really come back. I tore my meniscus. Uh, what really created the whole DDP yoga thing yeah. was when I was 42, I ruptured my L4 and L5, which means 
there's discs in between all of our vertebrae, right? And yeah. they're, they're shock absorbers. So we, as little kids, we fall down and boom, we pop right back up again. As we get older, when you fall down, you don't pop up as easy. But you're, you're, the, the wear and tear that your discs in between your vertebrae go through, you know, they, they take a lot of punishment. Well, for me, imagine a jelly donut and just go and step on the jelly donut. Explodes? So, yeah, explodes. Gone. So in between my L4 and my L5, L4 and L5, there's no discs. So I'm bone on bone there. And this is like, I'm on top of the world. 96, my career took took off crazy. Wrestling, How old are you at that point? Uh, 40 years old. 40 Damn. years old, 96. Mm-hmm. 97, 98, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated rated Stone Cold Steve Austin as the number one wrestler in the world. I was number four. Nice. Both years. I mean, I was living the dream at a whole different level. So easily top 10. And uh, then when I blew my back out, I just signed a multi-million dollar deal. With? With WCW. WCW. And uh, I I, I was told by the, the surgeons that, you're done. I went to three to top specialists in in our country, and all of them said the same thing. You're done, man. You got you know if you if you try even if you get you know fused, by the time you come back, you'll be in, you know 43. You know it's not really the time to start bumping around with a fused back. And I just decided, you know what. I'm going to figure this out because I'm the kind of guy you can't tell me what I can't do. And uh, around that time, I was, uh, you know, Kimberly started. I was still with her at the time, and she was like introducing me to yoga. I'm like, I ain't doing yoga. Like, like I'm the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. You can't be a wrestler doing yoga. <laughs> but I'm you from can't. Jersey. That's I'm it. No, Jersey, but you man. just can't be. You can't be number four wrestler in the world <laughs> and then yoga. doing the the downward dog. Right. You know? <laughs> That's not what I want to see right now. But, you know, the bottom line I want to see a diamond cutter. <laughs> but without without the DDB yoga, there'll be no more diamond yeah, cutters. Yeah, yeah. And that's all I really could do. No, but what I'm saying is when you were introduced, it's like, I don't want to see this. Like, right. even you were saying that. Right, right, right. And then she introduces you. Yeah, well, no, she introduces me to it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and she bullied me into it because I'm the guy who will try anything. Mm-hmm. And whether it's from food to some way to hold back the hands of time, like I'm all over it. But yoga, I was like, you know, immovable to that. And I learned a really valuable lesson. I learned that flexibility is youth, not just in the body, but in the mind. Like you have to be flexible to trying new things, whether you like them or not. Coming in, at least you know. And in three weeks, I was blown away. Because I felt a significant difference in my body. And I felt like, hmm, maybe this could happen. But I also was doing the rehab, too. So I mixed the rehab with the yoga positions. Then I added old school calisthenics, push-ups, squats, crunches. But I did them with a slow burn because I couldn't move quickly. Yeah, you couldn't do the fast push-ups. No, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it. So I'm going to have to do them on my knees, right? And I would lower for three, two, one, hold three inches off the ground for three, come up for three, low for three, hold for three, then I'd go to Cobra to Down Dog. But Wait a minute, how old are you at this point? 42. 42 and you can't do full-on push-ups. I, my, but blacks, my back is blown. That's crazy. So bro. I had to do them on my knees. Mm-hmm. So I just did them in that slow burn movement. Eventually I got off my knees. Eventually those three-second push-ups became five. Five became ten. Ten became sets of ten. My body started getting really strong. And... 
Then I added what I call dynamic resistance. And all that is is engaging muscles as you move. Like say you're, you're doing bench press and you've got the, you know, the bar on you. You're lowering down. And as you hit the bottom and you come back up, you're not just using your pecs in that. You're using your hands, your forearms, your shoulders. You're, you're using your whole body. Your feet are planted. You're using your whole body. I use that with DDP yoga. And what I found out completely by accident is every time you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to beat faster to get the blood to the muscle. So completely by accident, I developed what today is known as DDP yoga, kicking cardiovascular workout that will dramatically increase your flexibility, strengthen your core like never before, all with minimal joint impact. Now, I'm going to show you guys. Yeah, you see, I just walked in here. I'm sitting down here talking to you. Did you want to hit? You want to hit Jason real quick? No, no, no. We don't. <laughs> Can we do that first and then the yoga? Like no, maybe, no, like no, maybe just what'd you call it? DDP. DDP. And, I, and I'm sorry, sir. I never want to uh, piss you off again. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> let me show you. Let me show you because flexibility is you. Yeah, describe what you're doing for the listeners. Yes. All right. So he. Whoa. Whoa. All right, now I just saw Diamond Dallas Page, my hero, do a full-on stretch he from forearm him. all the way past his kneecaps. Now check this out. With his leg straight. Core strength is a whole different animal. Yeah. Being able to stand here and talk to you, yeah. balance on one foot, and take either foot and pull it over my head and have a conversation with you. That's amazing. This is core strength at a whole different level. Okay, now he's holding the top of his toes and pulling it po- towards his uh, shoulder and standing on one foot and talking to us. Fully extended leg, Fully by extended the way. leg, by and the way. Folded himself okay, in half. Let me tell you something, uh, uh, Dallas. Uh, I reached for the towel and uh, my back gave out <laughs> when I got up this morning. And how old so are you now, bro? I'm, I'm 45. Okay, so, I'm 60. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and your body has uh, about, what, 500,000 miles worth of uh, like body slams? I think about a million. A million body slams? I would say I'm a Ferrari with a million miles on How many? It. I mean, how long were you in wrestling for? I wrestled from 35 to 46, full on. But, but at 35, did you just decide, like, I want to be a wrestler? Or was it a dream to become a wrestler? Oh, man. I tried it when I was 22. It was okay. a dream since I was a little kid. Yeah. And then I got hurt. I only wrestled for like three months. I learned nothing. I was horrible. But I, I, I tore my knee out. Didn't tear enough for to have to have surgery, but put me on the shelf. And I've been working in the nightclub business since I was 17. So at 22, I got the, my first opportunity to run my first bar. Rock and roll band at the end. You know, three bartenders behind a stick. I'm running the place. I'm 22. It's the booze, the broads, and the party now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm going to be like, oh blonde, my God. And your beautiful blonde locks. Uh, yeah, dude. I was, I was living the dream there. And I sort of got lost away from the real dream. And I got so angry. This is 1970, let's see, 78, okay? I got lost in that whole party thing that I lost focus of the dream and then wrestling blew up so huge in the 80s. Yeah. I was so mad at myself that I didn't pay my dues. I stopped watching. And then one day I'm flipping, you know, literally flipping the three channels that we had back then mm-hmm. and I come across Jesse Ventura on the show and he's with Gorilla and I Jesse just pulled me in and the first wrestler that they brought out was the guy carrying the snake. Oh, Jake the Snake. And I'm like, man, this guy, 
he's real. Yeah. You know, and Jesse was the real deal, too. Yeah. You know, and I got pulled back in, and I thought, well, you know, I I just got into being a fan again. And then at 31, I was running a club, a big club that I owned a piece of in Fort Myers, Florida. Mm. And one night, I was getting ready to uh, cash out the drawers. We had 12 bartenders at this place. And I'm just walking around grabbing everybody's drawers, meaning the the cash drawers. and uh, Not their underwear. Not their underwear. (laughs) You're a rough boss. (laughs) You know what time it is. Aaron, pull your panties up. (laughs) We're closing the nightclub. But uh, but my DJ was playing videos. Remember, this is is 1987. Yeah. And he's playing Girls Just Want to Have Fun at the end of the night. And I'm looking at Captain Lou Albano's in that. A couple of the other boys are in that. And I'm just looking at it. And I say out loud to myself, rock and wrestling, man. I should have been a part of that. And I walk away. And Smokey, who was my head uh, bartender at the time, he comes in at the end of the night. He's our, he's our bar manager. We've got all oh, like five guys in there. It's in the night. We're drinking. We're going to be around there for a while. And Smokey comes in. And he's like, hey, Paige J, uh, what do you mean uh, rock and wrestling? You should have been a part of that. And I said, well, I tried it when I was 22. And yeah, it didn't really work out. He was like, you tried it? What was your name? I said, handsome Dallas Page. He went, whew, you can forget about using that gimmick anymore. <laughs> and it turned into laughter and shots. And, you know, I always tell people, just don't think it, ink it. You know, write goals down. Write Oh, I love that. You know, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> just don't, don't just think it. Ink it. You can say it out loud all you want, but the minute you write it, write it down, it's like you're writing a contract to yourself. And it, it's crazy where and it, it motivates you. It's crazy. Now, this is the story. We're getting, you know, we're sitting there drinking after hours. The money's all counted. We're still just hanging. And at some point, my mind goes back to this. And I'm thinking, well, Handsome Dallas Page is not the gimmick. But what if I, I'm too old to be a wrestler. I'm 31 at the time. Like, I'm too old to be a wrestler. What what if, uh, what if I uh, was a manager? And what if my name was Diamond Dallas Page, you're like, woo, shot, shot, you know, drink, drink. This is uh, really going on at the bar. You guys are talking about you becoming a wrestler. In the office, in the back of the bar. And they're really talking about you becoming a wrestler. No, 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 I'm I'm fantasizing. But saying it out loud, I'm saying it out loud, but I'm not just saying it out loud. I'm writing it down on my, you know that blotter pad that has like yeah, yeah. days one to 30? And I just write Diamond Dallas Page and, you know, a couple shots where I'm like, you know, Jimmy Hart's got the Hart Foundation. I could have the diamond exchange. Boom, I write that down. That's actually really good. You know, I and, like that one. And then uh, I say, you know, um, there's, not, there's not a lot of women in wrestling. You know, but the ones that are out there, not, they're not really that good looking, except for Elizabeth back then in the 80s. But she was girl next door gorgeous. Yeah. I said, what if I had a whole bevy of the ladies and they were like stripper hot? There was like, whoa, that'll be a stretch. Because back then I was, I was diamond down. I was paging at nightclub in Fort Myers, and uh, and yeah, I just wrote it down: the Diamond Dolls. And I'm, you know, now it's getting towards the end of the night, and I'm like, Diamond Dolls Page is the manager of the Diamond Exchange, and he's got the Diamond Dolls. That is B A double D bad. Did I just did I steal that from somebody? Did I make that? up? And I wrote that down. Now it's all there. Double D, baby. <laughs> Diamond Dallas. I'm getting all of this right now. It, it's it's all everything's right. flowing out of your mouth like. But it's, it's a just fantasy. Spewing. Yeah, but it's, it's a good fantasy. though. So it, as as God would have the planets line up, 
about three or four days later, I get a call from, it was called the Party News Network. And the Party News Network was from Sarasota to Naples, Florida. And they, you know, they went around to different bars and they went to, you know, big things that were happening in town, you know, fairs or whatever. So they wanted to do, because I did all my own radio commercials back then, and they wanted the guy behind the voice. Because there was times, there was times where I might have, oh yeah, have the macho man, really savage yeah. era, you know, and I'm throwing macho in there, ooh, dig it, hot legs, yeah, dig it, you know, and <laughs> yes. people didn't know, and, but I'd also throw in those synthesizer voices like Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Wait, you were doing that for the TV, uh, for, for the radio, com- for, the for the radio, radio, for the radio spots. So they wanted to come and know, they wanted to do a story on the guy who, behind the voice, and they show me in the radio place, and I've got a W. I have a literally a WrestleMania shirt on, which might be from WrestleMania three or something right. at that time. And uh, I'm wearing that shirt. I'm cutting the spots. I still got the long blonde hair. I mean, I look like a wrestler. I look. <laughs> they said uh, back then I used to say I look like a wrestler who I mean, I wanted to be a wrestler who looked like a rock star that ran a nightclub like I'll have that for my son-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Take two of those, but um, uh, the bo- the bottom line is is they they do a story about me, right? Mm-hmm. So it ends up at some point in my office, and while I'm in the office, they say to me, "So where does the voice come from?" It's the first time they've said that to me, and I look down at my desk, and there's a pair of white sunglasses, and everything I've written there. I grabbed the sunglasses, I put them on, I said, the voice comes from Diamond Ellis Page, daddy. I was born to be a professional wrestling manager. It's Norma Jean's voice. It's big, it's bad, it's ready to go. And then bang, I went right back to talking about whatever I was talking about. Yeah. But somebody saw it. It's like you never know who's watching. You uh-huh. never know who's listening. Yeah. And this guy, Smitty, he had a, he had a radio show in Fort Myers. He was a sports, sports talk guy. Mainly did boxing, but he was bringing in Captain Lou Albano to be on a show of all people. How weird is all of these things aligning? <laughs> Crazy. The minute man. you say it out loud, now all these, these roads start coming your way. But you so now up. Captain Lou Albano is Good. going to a radio station that some guy heard you do this voice, and he's inviting you to this radio show. Is that yeah. right? Well, he call, he's, he's going to be a call. In, okay. But still, I'm next to Lou. Yeah, you're next to I'm Lou. I'm going to talk to Lou Albano, which for me at that point in my life was a pretty big deal. Well, no one was bigger than Lou back then in the he 80s. He had Cindy Lauper. Yes. He, he was the WWE. He, he, he was WWF a, at that yeah, time. Right. And he was there when it was the WWWF, the uh, Worldwide Wrestling that's Federation. That's right, yeah. So, you know, I'd watched him since I was a kid. So to get to talk to him, but, the, you know, the, Smitty's trying to talk me into doing it. And I go, Smitty, I don't really do it. I know made it up it's in my head and he said who cares it's radio <laughs> i said do i really get to talk to captain lou he said yes so we had that you know we had that conversation I, I went on the show it was great for me you know uh then he asked me to come back the next month with sergeant slaughter and after i get done i'm getting ready to leave and he goes you know man you really should do something with this I go, do what? I have no idea how to do any of that. Yeah. He goes, I don't know. He goes, but I got a friend of mine who was a boxing promoter, is now promoting for the AWA, which was all American the, wrestling. Mer- yes. And it was all in mi- mi- Michigan and, um, you know, Minnesota. I remember that logo. Yep. And yeah. Wisconsin. Like, they were, that, that was a really big, hot area for a long time. And he said, 
he's promoting up there. If you get a tape together, I will have, I'll send it to him. So I figured, okay, what, what do I got to lose? So I, I, I get three guys. Two big guys and one midget I called Teddy Bear. <laughs> I created storylines for him and everything and flew this friend of mine in who had the biggest pipes ever. He called him Captain Jack. He's got his own show and stuff up, uh, up, up in Jersey. And he came in because he could have been a really amazing announcer because he had the best pipes I ever heard. And so you made a fake wrestling match. I made a fake wrestling <laughs> interviews <laughs> where I'm talking about my guys and the diamond exchange and the diamond Oh, you're dog. still selling you as a manager as a manager because oh no he's less, making it all up right yeah. now. making, making this it all up, up. he's and casted it everything and he's made backstories I, that's I, amazing i wrote everything now by the way all of this i'm telling you i i just <laughs> i dropped two different apps one's ddp yoga now and it's a free app and a subscription app the free part of it is really amazing and one of the things that's on there is motivational mondays not only do i tell this one story we're talking about right now for the first one i play i have a video of that video footage from the voice and I have the interviews I did with these guys. So you can see what I sent the AWA. And uh, two weeks later, they call me back. And I'm dumbfounded. You know, well, uh, and I'm just going to show you, yeah, this is me. And uh, they're like, well, listen, you know, we, uh, we like your stuff. And, you know, we've showed it around the office. And uh, we, got, we got one question, you know. The guys like your stuff, but... Where are you guys working? Because no one's ever heard of you before. <laughs> and I'm like, well, um, uh, uh, and they want to bring the guys in for a tryout, right? And I'm like, well, those guys can't wrestle. And they're like, what? They're like, well, you know, it's like a secret society. You can't figure out how to get in. And, you know, it's like no one would tell anybody, especially in the 80s. Yeah. And I said, they said they want to be wrestlers. I said, I could come up there and manage somebody right now. And they're like, yeah. Don't call us. We'll call you. And uh, again, how things align. Paulie Dangerously, today known as Paul Heyman, yep. biggest stars in WWE. He was there in the AWA. He used to have the big phone. Remember when the phone looked like a suitcase? Yeah. You know, he'd carry around the big phone. He'd hit guys with that and stuff. He left the AWA and went to the NWA, which would become WCW. And uh, it opened up a void. And three weeks later, they called me said, we want to bring you in. Now, I wore leopard skin jackets. I wore zebra skin boots. I mean, I was Diamond Dallas Page back then. I mean, I dressed like a rock star. That's the way I dressed. And uh, I had all those clothes. So Greg Gagne literally said to me, here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring all those crazy clothes you got and, you know, a couple of those girls that you got in the video. And he goes, we'll give you a tryout. And that's how I got my break in the AWA. I work one day a month. We'd film four shows. and As a manager. As a manager. And I got to introduce my guys and get involved and learn about the business. And then I went to Florida Championship Wrestling. I'd sent them a tape. And Dusty Rhodes, through Michael Graham, called me up at... 1.30 in the morning when I picked up the phone and I got strep throat and Michael Graham is telling me, Dallas, listen, I got your tape and I want to put you on the phone with Dusty Rhodes, you know, uh, I want you to blow him away like he's the biggest mark in the world. And I'm like, no, Mike, 
Mike, Mike, I've got, I've got, I've got strep throat. I can't really talk. I got a six o'clock flight. I got to be out on. I, I, please don't put me on with Dusty. I go show him my tape. He goes, my tape machine's broken. You're on. And all I heard was, hello. And I went, good. God, Dustin Rhodes, the tower power, the man of the hour, too sweet to miss hour, getting fucking loud, and I went crazy <laughs> for like 45 seconds, and then I got to the end, and I go, Dusty, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that's all I got, I, I got I got a strep throat, and he goes, was that a recording kid? <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> and that's how I got to meet the dream, and then when he... You know, he stayed in Florida for a while, tried to pop it. It was too late for that. W- WWE at that point was taking up everything. WCW was taking up a good spot, too. And eventually he went back to the WWE, did the polka dot thing. Yeah. But when he came back to WCW, I kept my relationship with him. And he was, you know, I was one of his closest friends. He was my first mentor without Dusty Rhodes, the late, great Dusty Rhodes. There would be no Diamond Dallas Page. We wouldn't be talking right now yeah. for him. So that's how you got in. That's how I got in WCW. As a, WCW. As a manager, five months in, they tell me, you know, D, the hair, the diamonds, the rap, the dolls. No one's paying attention to the wrestlers. Like you're taking, and Scott Hall would warn me about it. He goes, Dally, you're taking too much attention off the match. You're doing too much out there. So what they said is, listen, we can't let you manage anymore because the wrestlers got to draw the money. Now, I had seven months left on my contract, and I was the fourth string color commentator that was probably on in Moose Breath, Iowa at three in the morning. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> next guy to retire is going to take my spot. Yeah. So I know the dream's going to be over if I don't go for it. And I went down to Power Plant where they trained all the kids who were 20, 22, 24, and in walks this guy who's 35 and a half. And they with a dream, with a dream, but they're they're gonna beat the hell out of me because they want to run me off because they don't ever think I'm gonna be worth anything. And even if they did, they're gonna run you off anyway because if you can't take, you know, you talk about hazing and I mean literally get beat up. Yeah. And first thing they do, have you ever done a Hindu squat? No. Where you stand never. up and you drop yo know, to a you know like a, a pail like a um, where you're past 90 degrees and then you come up again and then you go down and you come up again you do 50 of those 25 push-ups 50 of those 25 push-ups by the time you get to the third 50 your legs are like rubber mm. you're going to 500 now swear to god and 250 push-ups and if you can't do it, you're gone. But the, okay, now no. And then you're going to ring and they're going to kill you. But there, no you disrespect, there. but I mean, there's some wrestlers where I'm like, he can't do a push up. No, no, I'm talking about starting. Oh, and I'm talking about at the power plant. Yeah, at the power plant. They're they they run you through the mill. They yeah. well now WWE has the uh, performance center, but that all came off of the WCW power plant. Mm. Like you know. Triple H has turned that into, like, that's the mecca. There's seven rings there. They've got where you can go in with your iPad and pull up and video your promos with a green screen behind you. I mean, they had Dusty Rhodes teaching these kids down there before he passed away how to promo. Like, who's the best promo ever? Him, Flair, 
You know, I mean, because they yeah. actually made real sense. Yeah, Flair they was were good. Talking. Flair was amazing. Yeah, I love Flair. You know, but Dusty was like Dusty, man. Every every wrestler has to watch that promo he did called Hard Times when he was going against Flair for the world title. That was so real. And Maria Munoz is, is, is a friend of mine. I met her through you know the business because she I'll tell you what she did an amazing job when she showed up at WrestleMania and actually wrestled. But she can cut that Hard Times promo with her Dusty Rhodes voice. It is classic. Uh, I just thought of that. Just when we were talking about that Hard Times. Yeah. Uh, but Dude, uh, can you do the uh, Dusty one more time? Uh, say so. Uh, when let's I'll give you the, the scenario. What happened is, I, I wrestle for nine months, tear my rotator cuff, I get let go. Now I come back and I'm supposed to meet with Dusty the next day. Yeah. And Eric Bischoff at that time is in, in, in not in control, but he's the executive producer of the show. And I always saw myself as being one of the top guys in the business. So I know I'm going to meet with Dusty tomorrow. So I'm going to the power plant that day, you know, because I've been going straight through anyway. I've been day before, I'm going to work on some stuff. When I got there, Dusty, for the first time ever, was there. And he said, Hey, D, hop in that ring. I want, I want to see. I want to see how this kid goes. So we go in there. We do, you know, we do work for about twenty minutes. Get out and go and do my thing. And you know, he left a couple hours later. I, I was the first one there. I was the last one to leave. I set the precedent there. Yeah, man. So the next day, I get to you know get to see Dust. I go into the office and and uh, we talk, you know, about just what, what we've been doing and stuff. And then he says, um, you know, D. I know you always seen yourself as this top performer in our business, but I got to be honest with you, kid. I never seen it until yesterday. Oh, he was talking about you? Yeah. Nice, man. I never seen it until he really, because he goes, he goes, I never seen anyone improve the way you do. I've never seen that work ethic. And he goes, and he basically told me, he said, if you keep doing what you're doing, it's going to happen. You might be able. And I had Dusty all the way through to mentor me. Like, yeah. I could call him at any point in time, and, you know, he eventually would get back to me. It had a lot to do with his wife, Michelle, because she loved me. <laughs> yeah. You know, relationships, I tell everybody. It's really, people think it's, especially out here, they think it's all about, in L.A., land of law. It's all about who you know or who knows you, when the reality is, it's all about who's willing to. To say they know you. Yeah. Who's willing to put their name on the line for yeah, you? Yeah, so true. And you hear that, Jason? Got it. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, that's how I that, – and now I start wrestling. And, uh, you know, I come back through there, and they didn't – you know, Dusty, within five weeks, I'm getting this push. And then what ended up happening is that Dusty, they sent him out the pasture, meaning that – He's done writing for right now. His stories weren't good enough for, you know, Bischoff, who was in charge at that time. And they brought in a new booking committee. And my push went stage left. Oh, man. So now I'm not even working. Yeah, now but you're I'm at zero paid. Again. I'm getting paid, but I'm not working. And most guys, they're just going to sit home and take the money till they get the call. I, could, I went down to power plant every day. You kept going. I've never stopped. Five like, years, I ain't man. done. No, I, I just done. I figured that's the only way you get any good is do like as a comic. Did you if you never practiced, if you never went out and got in front of people, could you be anything? Really? really? No. That could be funny if you're not telling jokes in front of people. 
You're just that dude laughing at yourself in the couch. That's, right. That was me for a very long time. Was that you? Yeah. Was yeah. That was, but that's fine. You found it. You're the I same thing it. with this guy. You know, what, how old were you when you finally got on stage? I was 35 when 35. I started stand up. Wow. And he was dreaming about it since he was like 18. Yeah. 35 years old when I started. That's so, awesome. But so when you said a, that, I was like, wow. That's why, yeah. man. But like you said, man, we, don't think it, ink it. Right. I, like, I love that. Yo, that's a, that's a DDP shirt right there. Because <laughs> yeah. I love that, man, because it's so true, man. When you write it down, you feel committed to it. You feel, you feel liable to it. Like, yo, know, I said that I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make it happen. So I love that. Can we go to break real quick? Sure. We got Diamond Dallas Page. Icon, ddpyoga.com, you guys. Get it. Uh, this man is amazing. You got to see his stories. I uh, I just got done watching uh, the the dis- the disabled vet. The disabled vet. Yo, that's amazing. amazing. Can we talk about that when we come back? Absolutely. Diamond Absolutely. Dallas Page. You guys, this is a treat. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back, you guys. Jason, are you happy right now? I'm having a blast. This yeah. is an amazing, inspiring story. It's amazing because it's. It, I hope. I hope people because so many people give up when it's oh, just yeah. a, when it's just a little bit hard. Mm-hmm. When it's only a little bit hard, but they you say, know I can't do it. And then here's another thing: like people think, like when you hit like 30, you're done. It's yeah, like right. no, you're not done. And people like to tell you that, by the right. way. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm 30, and it's just like oh, you know, I, I party too much in my 20s, so yeah. I guess I'll just settle down and get a job and blah blah. blah. It's like no, man, you can still join a band, you can still fly a plane, you Absolutely. can still you can do anything you want. I mean, the the craziest and stupidest dream I could possibly say to anybody is becoming a WWF wrestler. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're working at a bar and you are the man at one of the baddest bars in the... You know what I mean? And, and, and you're you're grabbing the drawers wherever... At any given time. And no one... You know what I mean? And then you go to your office and go... I want to be a wrestler. Like everyone in the bars, people are like, "Are you crazy, dude?" Then that's that's got, done. That, that dream's done. <laughs> like, that are passed. you kidding me? But it didn't, man. No. Like you were like, "No, I'm being serious. This is what I want to be." And then you started writing it down, and, and those things actually come to life. I, I, I'm a big believer in that, man. Like you, you, uh, you know, Jason. And I go, we go pretty far back, and and I remember one day we, I was driving. He's, you know, I'm already doing my stand up, and he right. was like, just. Just a friend, he's tagging along. He's like, hey, right. can I come with you and hang out? I'm like, yeah, let's hang out. And then he just tells me in the car one day. He's mm-hmm. like, I always wanted to be a stand-up comic. And I'm like, well, then do it. Yeah, right. He's and like, he, li- he's and like, he said then do it for about a year before I got the guts but, to do well, it. But, but what's even crazy? Guts. It but, takes guts, man. But what's even crazier is he, he <laughs> said that, too. Jason was like, man, I'm already 30, blah, blah, blah. I got my karate dojo because he's, right. you know, he's a black belt. Right. He, had a, he had a dojo. He had, he had kids coming in. Right. You know, he was teaching. And it was just like he didn't want to give that up to chase this dream. And it's just like, it's scary nah, sometimes. man. This is what you're on earth for, man. You, when you finally find out why God put you on earth... Mm. You grab a hold of it Absolutely. and take full advantage of it. Because the minute you don't, you doubt it and you don't want to do it, it's done. Think about it's this. Done. Diamond Dallas Page, 
stupid idea. <laughs> I would have been the worst employee at your bar. <laughs> the worst. I would have been like, dude, stop. <laughs> but th- those are all the people that motivated me. Yeah, and it's amazing yeah. because even even after you lost Dusty, and then uh, you know they start taking a turn with WCW, and then you're just kind of like on the back burner with right. this contract that obligation. You still went and worked out as if I'm about to wrestle. Steve Austin. I'm ready to be wrestling. Steve Austin was really influential throughout my career. We were best buddies. We still are best friends today. Um, But, uh, like, he, when I first started, and everybody thought I was nuts, Michael P.S. Hayes fell down on the ground laughing. But, uh, um, Steve would actually, me and him rode together a lot. And, uh, he would get in the ring before people came in with me. We'd get there early and we'd work Run together. Yeah, and he would, he, we weren't going to wrestle each other. He would just teach me stuff. Yeah. Uh, Steve was an amazing, obviously, an amazing performer. And when he came out here to LA, he lived with me for like a year. Like he watched me develop. I mean, if you think the wrestling part was hard in doing that, think about creating a fitness program, mainly to heal myself. That's Is that bit- why you did it? Oh, Were, dude, from, from all the injuries from wrestling? Well, yeah. Well, what happened was that because I would blew my back out and they said my career was over, the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga took the yoga and made it my own, mixed it with the rehab and the old school calisthenics and the dynamic resistance. I make it fun. Yeah. I have you hulking it up. Yeah. Attention. It's more like boot camp, you know, for that, that isn't going to beat up your body. Like right now, I've got just, I just, I, a group of guys just brought it into the VA, and I'm hoping that it really goes there because I've developed so many workouts for people who are disabled vets, like a whole we watch that. chair. We watched that. Uh, yeah. What was it called again? The, was it? The, the guy that is got it disabled vet. Is yeah, that, Arthur Borman's his name. Yeah, we watched that, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. The guy was 200. In, he was a paratrooper. On crutches for 15 years, yeah. right? 15 yeah. years on and, crutches. And then, but in those knee braces and that going into the back brace. That took his wife every morning 20 minutes to put on. Yeah. Because you got to put the sleeves on, then the brace on, then the sleeves over that, then connected to the back brace. Then he grabbed those canes, right? He called them cuffs, and start to start his day. Mm. And How did he meet you? Was he just a wrestling fan? No, no, he wasn't. He knew who I was, but he didn't. Well, yeah, a that's right. Fan. That's right. He didn't know who you were. Yeah. yeah. The, um, what had happened was. Um, Anybody who, like, invested in my DVDs originally, my first ones, I've had this, like, my fifth series of them. Now it's all on the app because everything's on DDP Yoga now. But back then, anybody who invested in the program, I would send them an email directly from me. A lot of people didn't think it was me. It was me. I didn't have the automatic response thing back then. And uh, basically, I said, listen, uh, I want to just thank you for getting the program. I'm not trying to sell you anything. You already bought it. I want to thank you. And I got a few questions, and his answers were insane, like so detailed. And so I wrote him back. I said, man, I said, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that, and I see you definitely need some help. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And he said, and this is the cliff notes, uh, um, morbidly obese, because he was 5'6", 297, he said, uh, morbidly obese, um, disabled vet, relegated to thinking of myself as a piece of furniture. Oh, man. And I was like, wow, that's a heavy line. And I, said, and I sent him back in another email saying, send me some pictures so you can see what I can see what I'm working with here. And that's in that video of Arthur. You see me say that, and I showed the two pictures. And the knee braces didn't bother me because I wore those my whole wrestling career. But... 
strapping into the back brace I didn't know about. It was the cane, someone walking on canes for 15 years. That's what, you know, I, I, I didn't know if I could help that. And he was only 40-something years 47, old, right? 47. Yeah, he was only 47. Yeah, yeah, 47 at the time. And what happened- And he was living like he was like 70. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, or older. Yeah. You know, and working 80 hours a week as, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a, a guy who teaches kids who are like- you know, at the last level of anybody going to help them. Mm-hmm. Like he have a lot, lot of disturbed kids he works with and a lot of patients with him. And bottom line is, is that I, I sent him a food plan. I know I don't use the word diet. What's the first three letters of the word diet? Die. They don't work. Mm-hmm. Lifestyle changes work. And I sent one of the most healthiest plan I had from a, from a friend of mine. It's my brother's mentor. Uh, his name is Dr. Fred Bishy. And I sent it to Arthur. And I said, what do you think of this? And now, if he writes back to me, I'll give it a try. Or, you know, I, I think I can do it. I would have wrote, awesome. Keep me posted. But he didn't. He wrote the four strongest words you can write. I can do this. I said, send me your phone number. As the first guy I ever called, I didn't know. And we talked for a good, good hour and walked away from I, I wanted him to understand as important as the, you know, today known as DDP yoga, but as, as important as the program is, as important as the eating plan is, it's 10% of the equation. The 90% is between your ears. I often say that life's 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we react to it. And I had to explain, you have to really start, like, I'll let them tell me about their life and I'll go, how's that working for you? Well, it's not. I go, then you have to change it. And the number one thing that you change when you make a a life-changing move is you change the story you tell yourself. And for you, Jason, you being at 30 years old and, God, I always want to be a comic, but I can't do that. I'm already doing this, and I can't do this. If you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. Do you know who originally said that? Who said that? Henry Ford. But what the hell did he ever do? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing huge. at all. But, uh, you know, when you were telling that story, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't. And then Joe's like, yeah, like you could, like you can. Yeah. And, and then that story started to happen. And then eventually it's stories like, I'm doing it. I'm owning it. And then the story is so important. You know, I, I just, uh, I just got, um, you know, our, our movie, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, which is on Netflix How's right he now. doing, by the way? Unbelievable. Now, you guys are comedians. He, nah, he's not doing comedy. But he goes around comedy clubs. Exactly. Yeah, but I've he seen is, that. He, 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 he does, he's very funny. Yeah. You know, he tells some great stories. He's a storyteller. So it's more like, I, I told him, I said, Jake, it's not comedy. You used to say my comedy. I said, stop saying comedy because these guys are comedians. You're not. You're a storyteller. It's called spoken word. So he said, okay, well, I'm called an unspoken word. So it's his unspoken word tour. It's Jake Robertson. He's one of the greatest storytellers ever, obviously, not just in the ring or in his promos, but in life. He has so many unbelievable stories. Now he- I mean, I saw his first documentary, man, when he was rough doing like the high schools and the churches and- just cracked out. And, yeah, I mean, I felt so bad. He, he had the bad relationship with his daughter. Uh, he and had I no just relationship. Felt... He had no relationship with any of his eight kids. Uh, any of them. You know, one of my, at that time. At, at that time. When I was a kid, Jake was the man. The that man. was my man, dude. The I couldn't man. wait for him to pull that snake out. 
laid on it like you know what I mean like that was the dude and then to see him in that at that point in that level and just taking any gig just to ch- just to get a fix I felt so bad that, like, that that guy that guy who filmed that was like Jake didn't know he was smoking crack because he, he blacked out yeah. so for for that director to put that up there it was you know he saw it as great movie television or whatever it was but it you know, oh, you're going to ruin some guy's life, too, by for his kids get to see him doing crack. Like, you're a good guy. Mm. I hope you enjoyed living with yourself. When I, when I went to see Jake for all about the resurrection of Jake the Snake, um, I just got, I got to tell you this part first. When we put it up Netflix first, not Netflix, uh, we put it on iTunes first. And after one month, we had uh, 305 reviews. 248 of them were written. 301 of them were five-star. Oh, nice. It was amazing. Right now on Netflix, we are the second highest rated by the people, you know, star system. We are the second highest rated sports documentary, and we are the number one rated biopic. Okay, I got to watch that. It's, Resurrection of uh, Jake the of Snake. Jake the Snake. But be ready. To, it's really emotional. It's really dark. It's funny at times, but you're going to walk away from there feeling like you can run through a brick wall. Because when you see not only Jake, but Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, both turn their lives on a dime. And and there's times where they fall, you know, going through the journey because that's what addiction is about. You know, it's not, you know, you know, progression, not perfection. Just keep, you know, processing forward. You fall down. Fall forward, get back up again, and uh, that that movie is something I'm probably the proudest of because it's everything that I do. You produced you know? that? I executive produced it nice. uh, with uh, a young a guy named Steve Yu, one of my best friends. Uh, he's also uh, he's also my business partner in DDP Yoga, and he's the one who took that Arthur video. And turned it into you going, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, when he goes into that full sprint at the end. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's amazing, man. It's crazy, man. That's DDP uh, Yoga Now. D- DDP Yoga. Well, that, the, the, that's the app. That's the app. DDP Yoga Now. So we, we just built this. You know, right now I got over a million dollars. Because I just didn't put it on, you know, I, you know, an iPhone. iPhone, iPad, Droid, tablet, and your computer. And all the workouts, they're tapped into a Bluetooth heart monitor. So if you get the Bluetooth heart monitor, too, I don't care if you buy a monitor, get one of your own, it locks right into the workout so it tracks when you're in your zone, when you're not in your zone, when you're over your zone, and it comes out in percentages. It's like a video game. That's how I made it. Were you always into nutrition, or did this happen after the injury? Slow. Like, were, were, you, were you wrestling and, and partying still? Were yes, but not... not like I used to when I was in the nightclub business. Yeah. Everything became a progression with my age. I reeled it back in. Yeah. You know, occasionally I'd take off, but then I'd reel it back in and I ate better. I ate cleaner, but I still didn't know what real food was, especially until this last probably 10 years where I really got into it. And I know what, like the, the movies that I always get people to watch, Food Inc., Genetic Roulette. You watch those two movies, you're going to you're going to be so knowledgeable of why people oh gluten-free it's another fad like mm, no. 
It's not enough. It's on everything right now. But it's really focusing on GMOs. Do you know what GMOs yeah, are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people know what they are, but they still eat them because you don't really know what they are. Because if you did, you wouldn't eat them. And I'll exp- unless you eat poison, you know, because if you look at the last 20 years, since 1996 is when they created genetically modified food. The wheat and the dairy and the soy and the corn – since 1996, and I say this everywhere I go because I just want to just put it out there for people to hear it and hear it and hear it. The numbers for obesity, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, autism have blown through the roof. Not 1986. From 1996 on, there's one thing that's changed. GMOs. The food. Yeah. Right. And like I only eat real food. So on my DDP Yoga Now app, I not only have workouts for kids, workouts prenatal, call it DDPY for mamas. Mm-hmm. You know, I got all different levels. I got a series around using a chair for people who are super obese or elderly or beat up or disabled vets. So I've created there's no there's no one who can't do my workout. Yeah. And that's what I've taken away out of that. But also I've got a whole cooking section where I'm always coming this week was last Friday was pizza and beer. And what I'm doing is going to show you awesome beer that tastes amazing. That's the healthiest beer out there. And there's a bunch of them because they keep coming out now. I also am going to cook you one of the best pizzas with my daughter, Brittany. And we cook up these amazing pizzas. And every last Friday of the month, we come up with a new recipe for them. And that's on DDP. Yoga Now. Yoga Now. And so it's got, got everything on Everything. There. And inspirational. All the motiva- motivational Mondays. Every Monday. I come, like I was telling you, the story we were telling in the beginning of the show. Not only do I talk about that, but I put those videos up there so you can see see that you know the uh the party news network doing that show on me it's really grainy because it's from 1987 and i don't know how i even still have it but also the interviews with the guys because i want people to see i'm not just telling stories i'm showing you what really and really happened like i'm not making if i don't if anything i tone stuff down because people go there's no way if i'd have told you that jake the snake roberts and scott hall were going to get sober in the same house in the same year and be they were blackballed they were taken away wwe wanted nothing to do with them they took them back in because they worked so hard to turn their lives around. Were you put, responsible for that? Did you come into Jake's life? Uh, well, that like you, when you like you you wanted to like save your friend, and you were like, "I'm, I'm going to take care of this. I'm, I'm going to help you, Jake." Me, me, and the director, who's my business partner, Steve. You, we we drove to. I Jake had already committed to do the program. And I said, "All I want you to do right now is focus on some eating. Don't do anything till I get there." Me and Steve went down there and we started filming, never knowing. Because when you start a documentary, especially where someone's going to be, you know, the, the movie was called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. Mm-hmm. Before I ever saw him, again, you got to see it. Yeah. Someone has to see the vision. Yeah. It was written down everywhere. And now me and Steve go down there and get him. You know, not even to get him. I want to tell him you got to lose 20 pounds on your own because you're 307 pounds starting. Man. And by the time I got there, because I talked to him about eight days before, he'd lost seven pounds. And he lost it because he was bloated. You know, and he just changed some of the choices of eating when you're that big. And 
I told him, I said, Jake, if you can lose 20 pounds on your own, I was just moving back from L.A. I was here for 10 years. I was moving back to Atlanta because I love Atlanta. And, you know, the cost of living, just a little different than here. And, yeah, uh, and uh, I um, I knew I could get a really sweet crib, you know, five bedrooms and, and a, you know, nice part of town. And, and it wouldn't cost me anywhere near it. And I could move the stuff, out of the furniture out of the way and we could do workouts in my living room. That's how it started. I literally moved the entire production team into my house, you know, 20, no, probably about 12 hours a day. It wasn't like I had a, you know, an office in my home. My home was my office. I had a bedroom in my yeah. office. And uh, I, I brought Jake up. He lost the 20 pounds on his own. Uh, I said, stop everything right now, dude. I'm coming to get you. you know, we're going to get you up here. And he was doing so great that first week. And uh, Steve's like, you know, D, you know, I'm, uh, it's really great that Jake's doing so good. But, you know, uh, if, uh, if, if there's no conflict, there'll never be a movie in this. I go, remember you said that because you don't know this guy. I do. And, and he is a monster handful back then today. He's been sober over three years. Nice. Today, Jake Roberts just spent 10 days in my house. I've never known that Jake, the snake Roberts, this one's clean and ready, but he's so his mind. He's helped. He took in a guy who's a comedian, uh, Alex uh, Engel. I can't remember his last name is Alex. What is Alex's last name? Guy can't remember, but he's a comedian who was over 550, over 530 pounds starting juicing. Jake does organic juicing now, which I never would have thought he would have kept doing after he left my house. I never thought he would have, but he did. Because what has happened, he needed another hip surgery after he left, and so he put on a lot more weight again because he couldn't work out, and he started juicing. Well, he got this guy, Alex, juicing. He's down 100 pounds. That's amazing. He's moved in. Now, he's his opening comic who does the stand-up with him when they do the tours. And they both were just at my house. And Like, what I did was I filmed Jake because I do these chairs that people – so you don't have to worry about how do I get to the floor? How do I get back up again? I show you. And I filmed Jake using a chair when he was doing just some of his twisting open stuff. But the guy who's 428 pounds – it's the second time he's done the workout. I think his name is Alex Anzel. Anzel, that's yeah. it, yes. Yeah. And he's a funny kid, too. He's got a good heart. He's young, too. He's like 28 or 29. And uh, he, um, we filmed him doing the workout second. So this is now part, it'll be up on DDP Yoga now. So it's really hard to be 300 pounds and say, oh, well, I can't do that. Well, the 428-pound guy did it. And the guy who used to be 510 pounds who's now 197 pounds. He started doing it. How, where's Jake at? Is he, is he? Jake's like 236 right now. He looks wow. amazing. He looks, but it was his head is so clear. There's, like he, when you're an addict, you live with shame. And that's something I didn't really understand until I was actually in it. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why you go back to, you know, drinking or pilling or coking or whatever you're doing because you want to try to blank it out. But when you get sober, it's still all there plus all that new shame. And so one day we're doing a, we're doing a sports interview for Yahoo Sports. And uh, he's telling the same story of, you know, his 
when you talk, see his dark side way he grew up, but holding on to that story, I finally like I, I said, hold on a second. Did a, did a reporter I said, come here, bro? I go, why do you keep telling that story? Well, that's my story. I go, no, that was your story. What about your story now? Wow. You got five of your eight kids that are talking to you. They want to talk to you. You're back to being on the road. They know you're going to show up. You're making twice the money you were making, and it's just going to get better. Look at your health. You've lost 60 pounds, bro. Talk about the positive things and getting him to change that story. And it took a while, but by, by the end of it, you know, he gets like he teaches it to people now, that's which a, is really cool. That's what I love about you, man. Super motivating. DDP yoga now. I mean, not only is it going to teach you how to be healthy with your food and working out, changing your diet, change your life, but your thought process. Yes. Man. Huge. You know what I mean? Huge. Now. now. Stop thinking about what happened then. Let's talk about now and let's talk about the future. What do you want to be in life? Because it can happen. The minute you say you can't do it, it's not going to happen. But the minute you're you right. S- you're right. You can't. You so can't. You can't do it. This is what you do. <laughs> right. And this is from Diamond Dallas Page. You grab an ink pen and you stop thinking about it and you start inking about it. Right. Write it down and live it. Right. As long as you live it, it's going to happen. And that's this is the best way to do it. Go to his app, DDP Yoga Now. Go to his website, ddpyoga.com. Twitter, DDP Yoga. His wife just found out that there's a vanity mirror. In <laughs> <laughs> her Tesla. Oh, my God. My, my, you are my, you're the favorite, Brenda's favorite comic of all time right now. <laughs> tell, tell the story. So tell I pull up, I pull up in my, uh, my, I got the Tesla X, right? And then DDP, oh, here comes Diamond Dallas Page. And now I'm always going to repeat it refer to you as that okay when you walk out about. all i see is uh, a fog lamp behind you <laughs> and i see the tight black tights you know what I mean? and then i see you throwing the diamond up and you're about to diamond cutter me so that's all i saw so when i looked up at you i was like oh hey what's up diamond and then you're like i got one of these and i already complained i don't know why i'm giving you this voice but i'm yeah, gonna it was good i like it i, <laughs> but like I already it. Com- i already complained i love the car but i complain how are you gonna be an expensive car and no vanity mirror. <laughs> like, like he was dropping knowledge. How you, how you gonna have all the goodies in a, in a, in a spaceship? But no vanity mirror, no vanity mirror for the for the beautiful misses when she's riding shotgun. Because she's gonna be going. I can't believe that there's no mirror up there's here. How's no that possible? Mirror? Are you kidding me? It goes zero to sixty in how many seconds? Three point one. Three point one, and I can't even put my mascara on. <laughs> this thing sucks. <laughs> and, then, and then I go. And you go. There is one. Where? Goes, Where? <laughs> I show him the visor, I pull it down, and he's like, see, there's nothing. I go, there's another flap. (laughs) And there was, and I swear to God, Dallas goes in my car and stays in it for another five minutes, just flipping the flap, (laughs) just flipping the flap. Hey, there's a light attached to it, too. (laughs) Wow. You just saved my marriage. (laughs) I saw your eyes light up, though, Joe. Oh, I had my eyes light up. I I got it. Couldn't believe you were in my car, man. (laughs) I'm going to do this guy a favor. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Dallas for doing the the, the, the show and uh, I'm a kid in the candy store right now. You like I said, you're iconic. Uh, what you did for wrestling was amazing, and what you're doing for people today is amazing. So download the app DDP Yoga now. Get it now. It'll change your life and everything that you think you can do, you can do it. This man did it at 35. He was a bartender with a dream. Uh, about being a wrestler. And if I was at that bar, I would have said, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I plug, plug one last thing? Whatever you want. Um, the, we also have the DDP 
video wake up oh that's alarm right clock. that's right that's right the ddp that, wake free. up it's video free. alarm clock yes. that's an app on you get it on itunes i yep. just downloaded it it's we got some really good stuff on there we're going to keep adding we have so many more coming that'll be popping and you got a button on there it says inspire me yeah you know uh and i just want anybody if anybody's out in detroit area you're listening to this i'm going to actually be doing a workshop in detroit on october 1st i've got another one uh december 10th uh for in atlanta uh ddp Yoga workshop and that one all the proceeds are going to my local football team because uh, this, this they don't have enough money for helmets they're changing helmets out and stuff at, at uh, one of the schools that's near me at Mableton High so all that money that goes if you come and you go to the workshop at DDP Yoga Performance Center it's there and the last one we got one in Detroit what is the other one I can't remember now whatever go to ddpyoga.com look at appearances and then look for workshops good chance I'm coming to your town and throw your Diamonds up. Jay Z stole that move from me. I want everybody to know that. You were the first one to throw the diamond up. All right. Uh, let's take it away. Can we play my song, please? Uh, we, is we'll, Nick we'll, not here? We're going to have to do it in post because we got to turn the studio around. Okay, let's go. I love you, Dar- Dallas. You're the best. Hey, DDP yeah. Yoga now. Get it. Jason, love you. Bye. Bye.